Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We did a special episode on board games people can play with the people in their bubble during this COVID season, and a lot of people liked it. So we're back. So this week in the CLE, the news podcast discussion from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer, and this is a special episode about games and other activities that you can do with people who are not in your bubble, virtually and online. I am here with my two expert colleagues on these subjects who know way more than I'm going to, uh, Emily Bamforth and Annie Nikoloff. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. You were so popular with the board games. We're doing it again. You ready? <laughs> Oh yeah, this of is course. this is super exciting. I, I got to tell you that what you put together and sent to uh, to the, which we'll be publishing uh, online and in the Plain Dealer, it blew me away because I thought we were going to be talking about, hey, this is how you can play Monopoly with people who are across town, and it's so much better than that. Uh, you know, activities you can do that sound fun and. Uh, some of the games you can play that sound uh, just just like a great way to feel like you're with the people you care about. So uh, well done. Uh, and you clearly enjoyed doing this. And mm -hmm. I'm going to be relying heavily on your expertise. <laughs> Let's get started. First thing on the list is a recipe class. This is this I had not thought about doing this, getting people together remotely and then making the same recipe. Emily, this one is the one I think you put together. Talk a little bit about it. You've done this, I guess. I have. Um, this one is kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, and it came from, I have two best friends that I went to high school with. And this came from one of their mothers, actually. She moved to the United States and she wanted to make friends. And so she used to do potlucks with a bunch of women uh, in her community. And so when we hit uh, COVID, her daughter decided, hey, this is a really good way to connect in person. Let's do this virtually. So we all made a pavlova for her birthday over Zoom. Um, there were about, I think there were about 12 of us on the call. She led it through. We were all holding our bowls up and making sure we had mixed the right way and people were popping in and out and showing their ovens propped open and, and all that good stuff. And it was just a really fun way. Uh, to connect for her birthday. Um, another friend of ours has adapted this and is using it now to connect international students and grad students at the lab that he works at. And it's just one of the things that you can really connect over, whether it's uh, a grandma who's not able to get together with her grandchildren, uh, teaching them how to make her favorite cookies, or just everybody getting together and making a favorite dish that they would normally share. It's, it's a really, really fun way to connect. All right, I have I have 
some technical questions on how this works because when I sure. cook, my hands are a mess and I don't want to touch a computer screen. But before I do, the, one of the things you mentioned is is Christmas cookies and then mm -hmm. driving around and dropping them off. Uh, is, is that is that a similar thing where everybody is making the same cookies or are different people making different kinds of cookies and then the idea is sharing them around so everybody gets a different kind of cookie? So you could do it both ways. You could do it. So you're doing one of these, uh, right now I've got one on my schedule to learn how to make German, uh, Christmas cookies. So like two or three different types of cookies. Um, so you could share recipes, have each other make them and then, and then drop them off, or you could all make the same ones. It really depends on your friend group or your family and, and how comfortable you are with this kind of thing. You could even pick a new recipe from online and all make it together at the same time, because we all know that we get to our points in recipes where we're like, I don't know what to do here. Um, so uh, it would be great to have some more uh, experienced bakers on the line and some newbies so they could help each other out. All right. So cooking is messy. It, well, at least in my house, you get stuff all over your fingers and things. How do you do the camera work if you're making a recipe? I mean, usually you're moving around. You got bowls in different places and pots in different places. Do you station the, the laptop or the, the iPad or the camera in one spot for the whole kitchen? Are you walking around with your phone holding it out as you go? How, how do people see what you're doing? Sure. Um, and that's a really great question because nobody wants to get a sugary screen all over their iPad. But um, the way that I've done it is I had an iPad. I set it on a stack of books in my kitchen. You can't be too committed to everything being on screen. Uh, you have to kind of be comfortable with people walking in and out of the screen and that kind of thing. The important thing is to make sure you're all muted uh, when you're not talking because otherwise you get a lot of overlap. And then also making sure your microphone is picking up uh, what's going on. Um, and, and you can have that on a built-in thing on your phone or a built-in thing on your iPad. Um, it's, it's even a Alexa show, which is the uh, Alexa device with a screen could be helpful for this. But what I would recommend is just keeping it in one corner where you can get a view um, while you're making, uh, while you're prepping ingredients. Um, you don't have to show putting it in the oven or anything like that. And then if you really need to show them something, you can wipe your hands off and, and move it around. But something a little bit more mobile is probably better. But uh, I would just leave it in one spot for most of the time. All right. So here's another question. We've all been doing lots and lots of Zoom meetings. And when people are unmuted, lots of people are unmuted. You can have cacophony with lots of noises going on. I would imagine if we're if everybody's putting their their iPads or their cameras in a corner to, to show the whole kitchen and then kind of yelling so they can be heard, the banging and the clanging of pots and pans could start to become a nuisance in the way of hearing what people are saying. So how have you dealt with that? Again, it's that idea of you don't have to be on screen all the time and you don't have to be heard all the time. I frequently muted my microphone so that I could talk to my partner who was helping me cook or uh, try and scramble to find a baking dish in my giant stack of baking sheets that would have created a terrible noise. Um, that kind of yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. Like no one needs to hear you going through your baking sheets. So I think it's just the idea that you assume when you're on video chat, you have to be on it all the time. But 
uh, this is a less formal way of getting together. You don't need to have your face perfectly in frame. You don't need to be, you know, talking the entire time. It, it, just letting your guard down and relaxing a little bit um, is helpful. And I, I think it works when it feels more organic. Okay. Very cool idea. I, uh, I hope people try it. All right. I'm not a PowerPoint guy. I hate PowerPoint. But I think, Annie, that this might be the first useful purpose for PowerPoint <laughs> in history. PowerPoint presentation night. Talk about how that works. Uh, so this is actually also another Emily pick. <laughs> Emily's throwing all the unique parties this <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> I haven't I haven't done this yet, but I feel like this is a, a meme that's been going around the internet. Like I think we've discussed having one, Annie, but we haven't quite done it yet. Yeah, I actually have a PowerPoint in mind for our first PowerPoint party. Um, but basically, right, it's uh you're putting together PowerPoints, right, Emily? Mm -hmm. You're going through and putting together a PowerPoint, and if that triggers just visions of work in your head, don't worry about it. This is fun stuff. So it's things like ranking your favorite characters or or talking about uh, what characters your friends would be or giving a presentation on uh, birds or anything you're passionate about. Uh, for example, Annie, what would your PowerPoint be? Oh, I'm man. Well, it's one that you might want to make with me because I want to do a PowerPoint on why Nickelback should eventually be <laughs> inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, it's not something I've done hard research, so don't ask me any questions during this podcast. But <laughs> it, it's an argument that Emily and I have had versus Troy Smith in the office many times. And I feel like that would be the perfect argument to present in a PowerPoint party. So yeah. basically, the point of this is you just pick some wacky subject that is near and dear to your heart. You put together a brief PowerPoint, a handful of slides. What are we talking? Six, 10 slides, maybe. Mm -hmm. you, you, you do that. And then the other people that are on your call, because I imagine they're sh screen sharing. Mm -hmm. So whether you do it on Zoom or Teams or something, then they do their presentation and the, the, they, they make their case for whatever their wacky topic is. And at the end of the night, everybody has has invested a little time in, in sharing their passions. Yeah. And, and it's just a really fun way to, uh, get everybody talking and, and I don't even know what mine would probably be. Mine would probably be on birds. This is something that is becoming apparent throughout the, these podcasts. <laughs> yeah, you talked a lot about birds in the board game conversation, <laughs> so it's a theme. <laughs> but yeah, it's just something that you're you're really passionate about. And then uh, for people who don't want to debate the the uh, benefits of Nickelback being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it could be something a little bit more <laughs> practical. Uh, like uh, Chris, you could talk about woodworking, maybe. Yeah, that 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 I think would put people to sleep. But, but, but you never know. All right, good idea. I hadn't thought about that. And actually, it might be useful to do PowerPoints for something fun instead of what they're usually used for. All right, the next one is something I think we've seen happen. You know, when, when Harry met Sally, they do this. They watch a movie together and talk about it on the phone. Uh, I, I'm going to feel like this with almost all the topics we're talking about. I had no idea this had been formalized online, that there, there are actually places you can go online to do this that makes it easy for you. So how does that work? What, what, if you wanted to have three or four members of your family or your friends that are spread across the country all watch 
some Christmas elf together or love actually together for Christmas and talk about it in real time. How do you do that? So uh, they, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, there was something called Netflix party, which popped up. It's a browser extension for Chrome, but now it's called teleparty. Um, I'm not sure what quite happened there, but you can watch things on Netflix or Hulu or Disney plus or whatever. Um, and then there's also something called watch together. So if you like watching YouTube videos as a family, or you want to watch YouTube videos with your friends, uh, it's a, it's a really good method. And Annie, I know you've used this quite a bit, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Um, especially I, I was in a long distance relationship for two years. So this was a really great way, you know, when you're watching a show with your partner and you really don't want to, you know, get ahead of them, you want to be able to have conversations about the episodes you're watching. So this was a great way to be on the same page. Um, I've used it during the pandemic. I watched uh, the Midnight Gospel on Netflix with a few friends. And that show is such a strange show that all of our messages back and <laughs> forth were just, what is going on? But it so, was really so, fun to have so Annie, that conversation going. So are you doing it as a chat by text on the side of the screen? What What is the mechanism by which you're communicating? Um, the chat is for... Well, I guess it's not Netflix Party. I thought it was still Netflix Party, but the Teleparty app, that's like a live chat on the side while you're watching it. And the nice thing about it is if I pause the movie, it pauses for everybody. So everybody's still on the same timeline. And you can't do like voice chat because I think that would get a little hectic over the audio of whatever you're watching, but you can type messages back and forth. Um, I think, Emily, the other apps, though, they're like video components too. Mm -hmm. And and if you can't make that work in the in the chat, I think that um, sometimes you can get a little confused with all the features that are on individual apps. And we're all using like five to 10 voice or conferencing apps at any given day now. Um, and I know it can get a little confusing. So for any voice or video component, you can always boot up your favorite uh, voice conferencing app, whether that's Zoom, uh, whatever that may be, and and you can have it up. I've done this without any apps and just done it over the phone. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that as much for for the pausing thing uh, because we have like had problems where we're two seconds apart. Um, and that doesn't work very well. Spoiler um, alert. <laughs> yeah, one of us gasps dramatically um, and, and the other one has to wait two seconds. Uh, but but we just did it over the phone and it worked pretty well. But uh, yeah, it, it really depends on what you use. Um, and, and all of these different sites have walkthroughs on how to install these different things. Uh, so you can look at them and figure out which one works best for you or which one works best for someone in your family that you're trying to set up. So there's teleparty and then the, the one you said was watch together and that's watch the number two and then gather. That's mm -hmm. the, the site. Okay. Interesting way to uh, enjoy a, uh, a movie together. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about a video game. Among Us. It's a game that, that it's easy to play, you say, and it's something that you can all play remotely. How does that work? Um, Annie and I still haven't played Among Us together, and we thought about <laughs> this the last time that we recorded. We were like, we need to play Among Us. Um, this is, uh, if you've played Mafia or you've played uh, Werewolf, those are kind of social deduction games where you're trying to figure out the imposter or the traitor in your midst. Um, 
this is this is very similar to that. It's just online, and a lot of people are playing it. Um, and I I mentioned this in one of the capsules, but uh, I, AOC uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez uh, streamed playing this with some other lawmakers and some YouTube stars, um, and she uh, now has one of the most watched streams on Twitch of all time. Uh, so that's how kind of big this game is. But basically, all you're doing is you play a little character um, and you run around with your friends and you're trying to complete tasks, um, which are just little mini games. Um, but there are one or two imposters in your midst who are trying to go around and assassinate everybody on the ship. Um, and you have to try and vote them out. Um, and it's it's a, it's a really fun game. Uh, I don't think they expected how popular it was going to be. <laughs> because there have been some server issues but um it's it's a lot of fun so i believe it or not you'll find this surprising i've actually played the werewolf game and had a great time at it it's a it's a great bluffing lying game that that uh, especially in a family of strategic thinkers you're going to have a lot of fun with i have a hard time seeing how that would have worked virtually though i mean when we played that we're all around a table and it's raucous and everybody has a drink in hand so how does that translate into a virtual experience um so it in this experience you don't talk during the actual thing while you're running around doing tasks because if you're talking and then somebody pops out of event and you know takes you out <laughs> you're gonna react um, but it, you operate it through text chat, but I often have, uh, and I, I'm not sure any how you do it, but I have, uh, an app called discord running in the background. Do you have voice chat on when you play? I, we just all mutually agree to be quiet when you're playing. And then when it opens up and you're debating about who the imposter is, then we chat like over discord, um, but I'm also really bad about gasping if I'm playing and I happen to be killed by the imposter. So I'm like not the best at Among Us. It's so much fun, but it, it is a little bit hard. Chris, I get what you're saying because like it, a lot of it depends on that in-person energy and like talking back and forth and debating on who it is. Um, well, but, but no, but for instance, in, in Werewolf, there's the moment where everybody puts their head down or closes their eyes or whatever. And then, you know, a couple of people do a couple things in the background and then the gameplay takes place. And in that interaction that is taking place in that is what the game's all about. That's when you get the raucous mm. laughter. And <laughs> and I just I, I I'm sure it can be done. I just have yeah. a hard time visualizing how that would translate oh. it oh. like it's worth trying uh, no it's uh it, it it comes when either so when a dead body is found on your ship uh somebody reports it and so there's this moment where everyone's silent and then you just hear bump bump and you <laughs> see that dead body has been reported and then it pops up with the screen for voting and you see who reported it and then you see everybody who has been eliminated from the game so there's a moment where you've just been going around doing all your tasks and then somebody gets reported and you look up and half of your crew is gone. 
and you're just like, where did everyone go? <laughs> Help. And the uh, nice wow. thing about Among Us, too, is like once you, if you're killed, you can still play the mini games as a ghost. So it's not boring, right? Like mm-hmm. if you get out really early in the game, you can pretty much keep playing. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay. kind of fun, too, because you can chat with the other people who have been eliminated. So you have like <laughs> a, a little like, oh, no, they're voting the wrong person off kind of thing. And it's it's free on a phone, but you have to pay if you play it on your computer. Mm-hmm. It's uh, five dollars on the computer. It's still pretty cheap. So uh, five dollars uh, per game or per oh night no, or... you just buy it and and then you can load it up anytime. It's, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. no, five dollars per night. I would not be playing it as much as I do now. <laughs> All right, this next one I didn't know existed. Again, it's a, a common refrain, but you can play cards online. There's free sites that allow you to play Hearts and Euchre and all sorts of other games. How well does that work? It's worked really well for me. Annie, have you been playing cards online? I haven't. I haven't tried card games. It's uh, this is the continuing who is playing card games in our newsroom. <laughs> right, <laughs> nobody. I get it. I get it. It's an old person thing. But 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 again, you know, the the fun of card games with family is the back and forth. Like you, mm-hmm. you're, when you're playing Hearts. In my family, when we played Hearts, everybody knew that my only goal was to run them. That I didn't care <laughs> if I won the whole game. It's just one time a night I wanted to run them, and so that that created lots of strategy and laughter. Oh, look what he's doing. Look what he's doing. How does that translate into a virtual scene? Again, I think it's, it's a situation where uh, just by itself, the software is not going to do that for you. So if you just boot it up and you're, and you're playing cards kind of silently or in text chat, uh, it might not work quite as well. But if you have Zoom or or another video or voice app in the background, then you can still have that kind of uh, back and forth because everybody sees the same table. So you're still seeing exactly what other people are doing and uh, your family would be able to point out your strategy, Chris. But uh, it's 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 one of those things where obviously it's not going to be quite the same as it is in person. There's something to playing cards with the physical cards. But I think it's as close to the experience as you can you can pretty much get. So a common theme of this is that you you want two screens, that there's the game screen where the action of the game is taking place, and then there's the second screen where the interaction is, whether you do it on Zoom or an audio thing, but where where the the six or seven players of the card game in this instance would be talking to each other in real time while focused on the screen where the gameplay is. I think that the video isn't quite as important when you're playing these games. And it's more that you are hearing each other's voices and and that kind of thing. Because video can get a little glitchy. Um, and I'm not sure if you've had the same experience, but a lot of the times I have video minimized when I'm, I'm playing games. Yeah, same here. It just gets to, um, I don't know, it gets all... It gets messed up. Yeah. <laughs> so you recommend audio. So if you're doing Zoom, everybody turns off their video feed and they just can hear each other talking or some kind of group phone call? 
it depends on on who you are and and what your preferences are but i think that turning off the video can sometimes help with any bandwidth issues that you're having so if things are lagging or that kind of thing we've all had the zoom discussion where someone gets frozen uh and and we're just all (laughs) confused about what's happened to them but uh turning off the video can help but if that video is really really important to you um the it it's easier to just pull the browser window over and have that going and then have the video in the side or a lot of video conferencing apps do pop outs where you can have a little square on top um i would just say don't try and uh look at everything at once because that's going to be more you focusing on the technology than the experience that you're having. All right. I'll have to look and see if they have a card game online for Oh Hell, which is my family's favorite game. I wrote about it in our card game thing. All right. This next game is never going to fly my family. We basically (laughs) probably 20 years ago had to make a rule. We would never play Pictionary again because it inevitably resulted in really ugly fights. So (laughs) <laughs> Who's going to talk about Pictionary adapted for online, where maybe it would work because you're not face-to-face and you can't have fights? Yeah, Scriblio is, uh, I think it's pretty fun. It's a very fast game. It's like really fast Pictionary. Um, basically, you can make a private room for your own family or your friend group. You can also play with strangers online, which I've done um, recently. And basically, it's a cross between Pictionary and Hangman. So you know how many letters that the word you're trying to guess is, and then whoever's turn it is to draw, starts drawing usually a pretty bad drawing of whatever it is, Um, you know, stick figures, that sort of thing. Because if you're drawing on a computer, usually people aren't very good with their mouses drawing like in Microsoft Paint. Um, But I like it, It's, it's a very simple game. You can just pull it up in a browser. I've done it to like take a break for two minutes and just play a quick round of Scriblio with strangers. Um, it's very simple. It's it's a good beginner internet game for people who just want something to do really quickly. Are any of the games that we've talked about here going to work with children that are you know, eight and under or something like that? I mean, card games maybe, but it sounds like most of what we're talking about here is for older people. Uh, it really depends on your child, but probably I think that uh, right now <laughs> parents are still working on getting their kids to understand where the mute button is. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> if you w- want to do this with your child, one of these games, I think that you could sit with them while you do it, or you could you could help them out, that kind of thing. Um, and then it's just an issue of attention span. But I think that sometimes online games, it, just like in-person games, to be honest, might be a little <laughs> bit hard for some kids to sit through. So it, it depends on on what's going on. Okay, this next one comes with a not insubstantial cost. Uh, but it and it's a cooperative game, which I know is uh, popular. And in your notes, you say Jackbox was already popular before the pandemic. People would play it at parties, but it's been booming since. So who wants to talk about this one? Yeah, I mean, I think Emily and I, I think we have played Jackbox mm-hmm. together. We have. Um, and, and it was so much fun. <laughs> and that was pre-pandemic, too. Like. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun, I think, yeah, it, it does come with a cost. Uh, you know, you can buy individual Jackbox games for like 10 bucks 
or you can buy party packs with multiple games in them, running closer to 25, sometimes a little bit more. Um, but I think it's worth every penny. Personally, it, that's been my experience, especially during the pandemic. This has been my saving grace for having a social life. Um, <laughs> it's just having Jackbox party nights with friends. It is so much fun to, to, to play because you have the party pack. So there's usually, you know, everybody has their favorite games within the party pack. My favorites are usually the really silly ones. I like, uh, some of my favorites include TKO, Patently Stupid, Quiplash, Madverse City, and basically each game has a different objective. Um, and some you're trying to draw pictures of inventions that you've created, and some you're rapping against other people, seeing who can have the best rhymes. Um, and other ones, there are trivia parties where you're trying to get the most questions right, but with a lot of twists thrown in. It's just a really sharp game. Um, I think Jackbox puts a lot of thought into everything they do. Everything's really pretty. We've talked about that with the board game uh, podcast episode, but I love like the aesthetic of Jackbox. Each party pack has a different style to it. Um, and it, it, it's been a great way to connect. I play Jackbox games with friends from Arizona, Ohio, um, all over the country, and it runs so smoothly. <laughs> it is so much fun. So is is Jackbox just a platform, and then then there there are different kinds of things you could do, almost like a a video game where you, that's the platform, and then you buy your your Mario Brothers or whatever to play. Um, so it's it's more like you download it uh, to your computer or to your Switch or wherever you're you're downloading it to, um, and then within it. Uh, there are games. So it is a game that you buy um, and then it's on either your PC or your Switch or whichever. And then within it, there are several selections that you can have within the game. So you you buy all these games as kind of a set. And so does everybody need to buy it to be able to play? Or if you buy it, Emily, can you set up to play with six or seven people around the country? You can, just one person has to buy it. I believe, Annie. That's right, right? Right. Yeah. Just one person has to buy it because what you're really doing, how you get into it is one person sets up the game, sets up a room, and then there's an access code. And so everybody on their phones or their computers goes to a certain URL and can type in the access code to join the room. So basically, this is a good one if you want to simplify uh, gaming with with somebody uh, who may not be playing as many video games. So all they will have to do on their end is go in to a certain website, type in a code, and then uh, they would watch your screen to see what they have to do. So it's it's really interactive and fun in that way. And it's uh, once you understand how to get into it, um, which is not that difficult, but could take a second, um, mm -hmm. it's really easy to use. And, and you can find clarify, everything. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, to clarify, too, when you're playing, you're playing on your phone. So everybody's like controller for the game is your smartphone. Um, I've played this game with my family who pulls up a laptop, like my parents will pull up a laptop and they'll each have their phones as their, basically their controllers. Um, and the laptop has either our video share or our voice share, and then they, they can play on their phones. And the, the website for this is jackboxgames.com. Is there a, a good demo on that site? Do you know that kind of walks people through? 
Um, I'm not sure. I know that if you go to YouTube, you will probably find some uh, content that can help you uh, understand what's going on. Okay. Okay. Next up, online board gaming. I, I wondered if this was a big thing. People can play Monopoly or whatever their favorite game is online. And it appears from what you've put together, there are several platforms that allow people to play board games together, even though they're not together. I, I, I'm interested in how that works. I'm also interested in how much room this gives to interaction. You know, is it is it like playing blackjack online where you're basically just watching numbers go through, uh, you know, in, in the board games, are you just moving pieces around? Or does it build in the whole reason you play board games, which is to interact with people? Um, I think it does build an interaction. I think you can play with strangers a lot, in which case you might not be chatting with them. But Emily and I, we actually played Scythe earlier in the pandemic via one of these. Um, I don't think we ever finished that game because Scythe is a really long board game. Um, but we had a Discord chat going alongside our gameplay. So on the platforms like Board Game Arena or Tabletop Simulator, those are the two big ones that I know that you can download, you can upload board games, or you can choose from the board games they have there. Um, you know, that might just be the platform for that, but you can pair it with an audio service or a video service and then make it more interactive. And that's pretty much the way that I've been doing it um, when I play with friends. So do you use a separate program for the audio exchanges? Right, yeah. So you have just a separate thing going, whatever, whatever that is where you're talking to each other. How, how do you, do, do you feel like that works? That the socialization that you're seeking when you play a board game does come through that way? You know, it's, it's not as good as the real thing. Um, but for a pandemic, it's pretty good. That's kind of my <laughs> opinion. I don't know what you think, Emily. I think that that's something that is, is true for a lot of things, right? It's, it's, an option that you're you're doing because somebody is not close to you. I have a lot of friends who are out of state uh, or, or family that is in England and that kind of thing. So I am kind of used to this at this point as being a social interaction. Um, and, and for me, it's fairly fulfilling. Uh, I prefer in this situation and Annie, you can, you can jump in on this. I prefer board game arena to tabletop simulator because i think tabletop simulator goes a little too far sometimes in trying to replicate uh a, an in-person board game experience for the computer where board game arena just puts board games on the computer if that makes sense so i've played checkers on tabletop simulator where you're actually moving like little 3d pieces that doesn't really matter as much for me i don't know if it matters as much for annie I, no i'm on the same page and you know i can <laughs> tabletop simulator is a little confusing to me board game arena is just a lot more straightforward a lot easier to get started mm -hmm. boardgamearena.com that's where you go yep yep all right worth checking out all right i think you picked this next one just because of the title keep talking and nobody explodes <laughs> what's the object of this and how does this work uh, so it sounds like what it is. Uh, it's really hectic, really wild game. I I enjoy this game in small doses um, <laughs> because everyone is screaming. <laughs> um, so basically, you're trying to complete a puzzle. 
you can't run out of time or everybody explodes. It's, it's very straightforward. Um, I played this with a couple of friends and I, you know, I think it depends on the friend group. This is one of the games that you, you want to play with the right people. I think we had to wrap up after 10 minutes of it because we were not getting anything done. But if you have a more cooperative group, you might be able to make it further in the game. Um, I just think it sounds like a lot of fun for groups of friends that just want something goofy and intense and confusing, but like a lot of laughs to be had in this game. All right. So you have to deactivate a bomb by working on different tasks together. What what kind of tasks? Are you, are you drawing? Are you solving riddles? So it has been a while since I've played this game. And I remember there were basically different puzzles that you had to solve and you had manuals, but you had to decode them. And everybody kind of had a different piece to it um, that you had to figure out by talking to people and often yelling at people. Um, and so you're all trying to basically solve this bomb, like deactivate the bomb, but it's all in a language that you can't really understand, but you have little pieces. So you're supposed to try to figure it out. It's not my favorite game, but I think it could be up there for other groups. All right. So you go, all the people who want to play, say the three of us wanted to play, we'd go to keeptalkinggame.com. We would all sign in to be in the same game and that is the vehicle by which we'd be communicating while the clock is ticking down on the bomb right i think you do download it and i think only one person needs to download it for the group to play okay so they're not actually operating as the platform you actually are using it on your own system and then people get in touch with you right i believe that's how it works okay yeah i think you can play it on the pc I think you can play it on the PS5, and I think you can play it on the Switch. I think it's one of those ones that you can play it on whatever platform or console you own. Okay. One more. Word Blitz on Facebook. Anybody with Facebook Messenger can play with play this one. You say it's a, it's a snappy online version of Boggle. How does it work? Does it feel good? Does it feel like you're playing Boggle? Does it feel like you're having fun with the people you're playing with? I think so. It's a very um, fast game. I play this with my mom all the time. She's obsessed with this game. And (laughs) basically a grid shows up of mixed up letters and you have to swipe to find words in the letter block. Um, You only have so much time on the clock. So you're just trying to get as many as you can. The longer words you get, the more points you get, similar to Boggle. Um, I... I remember last year, because this game's been out for a while, I sent requests to play this with like so many of my Facebook friends. I had 20 games going. I was top score <laughs> of my friend group. I was very <laughs> into Wordblit. Um, and then it kind of faded, but I'm looking to bring it back. Pandemic is a great time <laughs> to bring back Wordblitz to get those competitions going again. I got a game started with my mom again. So um, it's just, it's fun for word game lovers. It, Another good one would be Words with Friends, which is more similar to Scrabble, where, you know, it's just a virtual screen. You're laying pieces on a uh, on a board. Um, but what I like about this game is that, you know, you can play it when you're on a lunch break. You can play it when you're just taking a few minutes off. And it's a nice way to stay connected. You're not necessarily chatting while you're doing it. You're not doing a video chat like some of these other games. But it is like a nice note to pop up that a game is waiting for me from one of my friends that I'm playing Wordplays with. So this isn't something that works off a time clock. You you take your turn, then somebody takes their turn, and that could be two hours later or a day later? 
Right. I do think there's a, you have to play it within a few days or the game starts over and then the first person wins. So, but you do have, I think, at least a day or two to play back. Why do you say it's easier to keep track of compared to Words with Friends? I think Words with Friends can just, it can go on a little long. I've tried to play Words with Friends and the games can get, you know, with with Word Blitz, you're playing three rounds and then there's a winner and the rounds only take a couple of minutes. Whereas Words with Friends, you can have a game going for a few days. You could have bad letters to pull from. It just doesn't, for me, I like the speed. I also prefer Boggle to Scrabble. So that might be really why oh, I, I prefer one you. over the other. All right, so that, that's a, a great list of selections. All this will be uh, on cliven.com. We'll be printing it in the Plain Dealer with details about where you can find it. Um, will, will you both be doing some of this over the holiday period? Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's one of those things where my friend's birthday is in December, and we're going to do a virtual brunch and make pancakes over over the over the computer and it's it's a great way to connect and i feel like people are really looking for that and i'm certainly missing people that aren't able to travel for the holidays yeah the the recipe class you know my wife and i on thanksgiving we spent five hours cooking together to make turkey mole because you know, nobody else will eat that in our family. They find it too spicy and we figure, well, we're not with anybody. But that would be a cool thing. Five hours of, of cooking remotely, everybody making the same thing. That would be neat. Um, how about you, Annie? Yeah, you know, one thing that we did earlier this year that I'm hoping to bring back, kind of a twist on what Emily was, was talking about. We did a virtual music festival oh. where um, we had... People pick different songs to play, rock out. My birthday's coming up in January. I might bring that back for my birthday. It was so much fun. Um, we all took turns basically DJing and drinking and having a good time. So, Did you talk to each other while the music was playing? Or did you, when the music was going, you'd listen and then engage in between the songs? Oh, just like a concert, we were we were shouting right over the music. <laughs> um, and we were dancing and all that. So it, it was a good time. All right. Well, look, this is very helpful. I hope uh, people find this as helpful as they found your board game guide. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Annie. Thanks to everybody who listens to this week in the CLE. This has been a special episode we put together for helping people get through the pandemic holidays. 